from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Welcome to America Works, excerpts from interviews with contemporary workers throughout the United States, collected by the library's American Folklife Center as part of its Occupational Folklife Project. This episode of America Works featured Chicago-based folklorist Bucky Hawker interviewing ironworker Sharon Sisson and her husband Richard Sisson. Their interview, which was recorded at Ironworkers Local Number 63 headquarters in Broadville, Illinois, covers numerous topics, including Sharon's early experiences as a woman entering a previously male-dominated trade. Now, how did you get into ironwork and Sharon? They had a sign at the unemployment office. A sign at the unemployment office? What did it say? They were looking for people to fill a test slot that they had. So I started as an apprentice through the school program. Yeah. And it was a good portion of guys that came through the apprentice program when I was a student there, and they served their apprentice with one company doing one thing. Yeah. I personally think that they should serve so many months with like different contractors to just see everything. Yeah. Otherwise, you have one guy that did curtain law his entire life, doesn't know anything about anything else. Yeah. So your first job, what what did you do? Uh, I worked in skylights at O'Hare on a maintenance building. I worked at Block 57. I did a lot of work at uh, the Navy Yard, Mm -hmm. different other small jobs. I did a couple days doing some reinforcement steel on the Sears Tower. I worked one day at the Hancock Center. Um, We did all the emergency stairs at the Board of Trade. Yeah. Now, did you do any welding, too, some of the 63 Lots of welding. Yeah. At the uh, Cook County Jail. We did a bunch of welding steel plates up, and I worked with a little guy in there, and he would work on one side, and I worked on the other. We just passed the welding stinger back and forth. And at the end of the job, the guy said, I never know no woman that could weld. Were there many women in the apprenticeship program or starting in the market? No. When you were... I don't know that it got easier. And some women I consider were more sheltered because they had a father in the business. Uh, so it's just my opinion, mind you, that the men respected that more because they knew their father. I had nobody. Yeah. Now, what kind of reception did you get when you started? I don't want to say it was real warm either. It depends. And there was a large mix of people who didn't like it. There were young guys and there were old guys. Oh, there was several comments made. You know, I was taking a job away from some man in a family. And I was thinking, my son's father died when he was very young. And my thought is, is why is my family worth less than yours? Because I'm a woman and a mother. You know, because you're a man and a father, your family means more? I don't think so. My pink tools and my pink bucket and my pink bibs wasn't just because I'm a girl. I did it on purpose, knowing that it's going to bother them. And there was one job I worked on that I actually could not wear my pink bibs. And, you know, I made a comment that it's pretty bad that I have to adjust my clothing because you can't handle it. You know, it's like, excuse me, I'm not here to model for you, dude, you know. I can't say they're all bad and and they're all nasty and they hate women. That's not true. Yeah. But there's prejudice everywhere for everything. It's not just women. She could do the work that most any guy could do. And she could do more work than a lot of guys wanted to do. So she was always a good employee to have on a, on a crew. They knew what they were going to get. I came to work every day. For the most part, I did what I was told, did my little job, whatever it was that they gave me to do. I can deal with, I don't like you just because you're a girl. It's like, what's your problem, dude? Man, my problem. And I didn't like that 
I wasn't always judged by what I could do. So it wasn't all bad, but most of the protection that I got was created by myself. I didn't look out for me, nobody else was going to. But they were all pretty swell. There was one guy there named Mario, and he was married, and he had kids. And the guy obviously had the hots for me. He was asking me to go out with him. He used to drip water on me from up above, little drops of water. I didn't like that. And I said, that's it. So I'm going to put a, a freaking snake in his lunchbox. Once again, my buddy's like, oh, God, come on. I'm like, this guy, he needs to be taught a lesson. And we walked in the shanty one night, and I got a big glass of water out of the water cooler, and I threw it on him. I said, now leave me the hell alone. He wouldn't leave me alone. So I went to the pet store that night and they didn't have a snake cheap enough, <laughs> but they did have a spider, ginormous tarantula like this. And they wanted 25 bucks for it. And I told the lady, I said, I'll give you $15 cash and I'll bring it back tomorrow and give me 10 bucks back. And she says, okay, you want to rent my spider? I'm like, yeah, I don't need it for a day. So she's like, okay, here. So I take the spider and everybody leaves the shanty and I dump it in the guy's lunchbox. And we come in at coffee time and everybody's sitting around playing cards and this guy's over in the corner. Everybody knew except him. Everybody. So they're all kind of watching out the corner of their eye and he flips up the top of his lunchbox and he reaches in without working and everyone's going, <gasps> you could feel the sides of the trailer. Just yeah. suck in from everybody going, <gasps> afraid he's going to bring this fire out, right? Brings out his sandwich. It's a sandwich and after a while he gets his chips and then he drags the lunchbox over and he has to look in it for something. There's a spider in there. <laughs> <laughs> he jumped up, kicked the lunchbox across the floor, and ends up with my feet. And I looked in there, and there's, there's, there's a spider in there. And I reached in, they picked out the tarantula. I said, it's just a little old hairy spider. I swear to God, he peed his pants. <laughs> Put it in a baggie, punched some holes in it, I took it back to the pet shop. Never messed with me again. Yeah. You also yeah. had fun swearing like the truck driver. Oh, shut <laughs> up. Don't mess. Don't mess, because I'm not going to put sugar on it first. There's no pudding before I give you the answer. You know, you're just going to get it. Yeah. Many don't do that. Some aren't appreciative of their quality. There's no other way to be yeah. I mean, in, in our environment, okay? There's other places where you can beat around the bush and it's okay and exactly sometimes you have to do that, but not here. She, she also is a very sly way of, of surprising crews. People will show up for work in the morning and there'll be 20 gifts on the table for everybody on the job. Where did this come from? Nobody knew, nobody could figure it out quite who it was. Valentine's Day, I went around to every guy on the job and I said, do you want pink, yellow, or red? And they're like, what? And they're thinking I'm gonna hang some ladies' panties in their car or something because that went around too. And, and I wouldn't tell them what it was for. And some guys would not choose. They were terrified of what I was gonna do. Yeah. And other guys, you know, they were into it. It's like, okay, I'll take this color away. And all it was, my son and I spent the night before Valentine's Day. I went to the florist and I got long stem roses, pink, yellow, and red. And yeah. everybody chose, whoever chose their color, got that color, and they got a little baggie of Hershey's hugs and kisses, those yeah. candies tied up to the flower. And the next day, there they were. At the end of the day, there was one guy that got halfway home, turned around and came back because he got his rose. <laughs> That's important to me. It yeah. meant that, that that goofy stuff that I did was in fact appreciated. Yeah. She had a lot of fun. Trust me, she had a lot of fun. You've been listening to Chicago Iron Workers Sharon Sisson and Richard Sisson. 
They were interviewed for the Library of Congress's Occupational Folklife Project by folklorist Bucky Hawker. To hear their complete interview, as well as interviews with other ironworkers who were documented as part of the Archie Green Fellowship Project, Ironworkers in America's Upper Midwest, please visit us online at www.loc.gov forward slash folklife. On behalf of the American Folklife Center, this is folklorist Nancy Gross. Thank you for listening to America Works. From the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C.